We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up. Upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member, surrounded by a crowd of supporters, was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show for you today. I have a special guest that I'm going to bring on in just a few minutes. Some of you already know about it. I heard you, I saw you talking about it in the chat room, uh, but we're going to bring her in and I'm really excited to have her. She uh, uh, going to be on her show as well. We sort of like Traded off today on her show, my show, whatever. And so glad to have everybody here with you looking through the chat room, seeing all the people here. I want to do my best to get our guest in as soon as possible. So there's something that I wanted to share with you really quick. Uh, remember, Governor DeSantis gave his order yesterday and the order immediately went into effect, a recall of all the current COVID regulations. So I wanted to show you what I did for you last night for you Floridians. Last night, now this is chrisannhall.com. And last night I brought you, uh, I, I stayed up last night and I made a sign for you. See this right here? This sign uh, that starts off with dear guests. And what this is, is a sign, one version for restaurants, this one in the picture is for restaurants, and one version for straight up businesses that you can hang on your door now and simply say, we are not having any more masks. And the health department can't do anything about it. Now there's a secondary story that I wanna share with you very uh, quickly. And that has to do with the Florida uh, Department of Education. 
This is crazy, guys. This is absolutely crazy. And I don't know if my guest will, we, we can talk about this as well when she comes in, but I just want to sort of let you guys know what's going on and the information that I have available to you. But look at what I have here. Oh, maybe not. Let's try again. Share screen. Something happened and they kicked and uh, StreamYard kicked me out. So here I am. I'm back. Let's try again. We're going to share the screen that I was trying to share for you. There we go. Woohoo. All right. So DeSantis issues an order that eliminates all the COVID, uh, all the COVID regulations all across the state of Florida for the government. Now, private businesses, remember, are still within their authority to do this. But look at this. Florida Department of Education has issued a statement that they're not going to stop wearing masks in public schools. Now, I want to show you, just so you guys can get educated, on the post that I made on Facebook so you guys can see this. Now, this, this little clip here is I, I pulled from an article. The order, speaking of DeSantis's executive order, effective immediately suspended pandemic-related local restrictions through June and only impacts city and county governments. It's not actually through June to July. Uh, it and does not impact school districts and individual schools, the Department of Education says. That's really interesting, guys, and something you need to know because the Department of Education's boss is the governor. Let me share with you what that means, okay? In 2002, the Florida Constitution Revision Commission revised the commission, Article 4, Section 4, to remove from the cabinet the director of education and instead they placed the director of education and the board of education under the direct governance of the governor so since 2003 the commissioner of education what became an appointed position and the Florida Department of Education became the overall responsibility of the governor and the governor appoints all the members of the Department of Education. So let's just be very clear there. The governor is the Department of Education's boss and now the Department of Education is saying we don't have to follow our boss's orders. I'm not quite sure how that works, but let's check this out because this is Governor DeSantis's order right here. It says, and I highlight for you here, 
all local COVID-19 restrictions and mandates on individuals and businesses are hereby suspended. All. Maybe that's the problem with the public education school system. They don't know how to read. And maybe they don't know what the word all means. All right, so I got that out there. Now I want to bring in our guest. Our guest is uh, a lady that I've actually met before, but recently reintroduced to her through our pastor at church. She is a fighting woman, a strong woman. She is a former, well, she, uh, her parents were Russians. She was born in St. Petersburg, Russia. And I have a lot of questions for her. So everybody, welcome to the Daily Journal. Anna, welcome to the show. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Start, start oh. over again. That was my God bless you. Welcome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris Ann, for having me. You were, you first of all are such a light and such a great place for information. And I, I love your show. I'm tuning in now because I we just recently met. So I, right. I'm so happy. And I heard your story. I was just like, oh my goodness, you've got to be on my show. And so I'm happy to be here with you guys as well. Amen. Well, thank you. One of our long-term list, uh, watchers asked us if Olga was back. We actually had a, a woman on our show from our church. Uh, her name is Olga. And she came to America from Russia as an adult. So she gave us some really interesting stories about the comparison between life in Russia and life here. Uh, do you remember anything about your life in Russia? So I, I was brought here to America when I was four years old. So there's a lot that I don't remember, but I've been back a few times to visit family when mm -hmm. I was seven. And then the last time I went there when I was 15, actually a crazy story. I said, I'm never going to come back again. I want to, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, the, the craziest thing happened, Chris, and like, whenever, I, I literally am the only survivor. I actually haven't really shared this publicly. My mom and I, we came in contact with Russia's biggest serial killer. Holy cow. Yeah. What um, was that all about? That was crazy. I mean, that's a whole thing. But basically, in the middle of the night, going to visit my grandmother at a farm, mm -hmm. and we were in the middle of the road, and it was dark outside. It was like twelve in the morning. I was kind. Of, I was really mad at my mom that we were there. It was pitch dark. The only light you had was when a car drove by, and we couldn't find the little trail that grew in. It was like a grass trail, like a little trail to go through to the farmland. And my goodness, a car pulled over and started cursing at us to get in the car. Um, and before he started cursing at us, he was talking very really nicely. And my mom was like, hey, let's get in the car. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I've watched, thankfully, so many kidnapping shows when I was a kid. So I like knew not to get in a stranger's car. And I'm right. Like, mom, stranger danger, stranger danger. danger. But you know, but actually the other crazy part is, is that I remember I peeked into the window because before I peeked in, I said, mom, no, 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 no. We're good. Like we'll find it. Like no, no, no. And so she she kept talking to him, and I'm like, why is she not letting this guy go? So I literally walked up and I looked in the car, and I looked him right in the eyes, and I will never forget the darkness in his eyes. And I kid you not, Chris Ann, I heard. I didn't know angels were real. I remember. I heard this audibly out 
outside of me, not in my mind. I heard it 15 to 20 voices like around me in a circle. I heard danger, 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 danger. I kept hearing danger. And I was like, I know, I feel it here. I know it's danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, uh, I know, I know. Okay, mom, no, 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 we're not getting in the car. And so we thanked him. Bye. See you later. He drove off. I was like, Whoa. that was before the cursing, right? Right. He made a U-turn, came back, rolled down his window. And I remember thinking, if he has a gun, we're screwed. We're screwed. If he hasn't pulled it out yet, he doesn't have a gun. If if he hasn't, I mean, I'm just, I've taken karate as a kid. I was a brown belt. Like, I'm like, okay, we're going to fight to death. This is, I'm not going to see my mom get killed before me. I, by the way, I had no idea he's a serial killer. You know what I mean? But I knew something was wrong. He came back, started cursing. And that was a confirmation. Obviously he was like, yeah, obviously, obviously you B I T C blah, blah, blah. Get in the effing car right now. All in Russia. Of course. All in, all in Russian. Suka. All in <laughs> Suka. Like, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, Rush, I forgot. So, so I'm like, uh, and I remember walking with the, with the luggage, and I'm seriously, I'm, I tears are going down my eyes, strolling down my eyes. I'm begging for my life, and what came out of my mouth was, I know now, the Holy Spirit, because I was, I was a Christian. I believed in Jesus, then I became an atheist, and the Holy Spirit, deep down somewhere inside of me, um, was just speaking, and I was just thanking Him. I was like, thank you so much. Appreciate your help, but we got this. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We totally got it. You know, you can totally drive off. And he finally drove off and found out later that he killed, he he would he would drive on this road. He killed over 200 women. What? He would lure them into the car. The the chief detective, which I've been trying to get a hold of for years. I've called, you know, our department. No one connects me with him. Anyway, I want to contact him one day because I, I know I'm the only survivor with my mom. I mean, I haven't heard anyone else. I've seen it on the internet. Nobody. I don't think like if someone knows who I'm talking about, Michael Popkov, who's still in jail, who's the serial killer. Like if you know the detective, anyone from Russia listening, please connect me with him. But basically they believe he believes a detective believes over 300 women. What he would do wow. is he would lure them in. He would have a, a uh, hammer. He would lure them in. Or have a knife, but usually a hammer. He lure them in, rape them, and kill them. And it was the craziest thing because I told my mom, I was like prophesying. I was like, Mom, you know, if we would have gone in that car, he would have raped you, would have killed us, he would have dumped us in this forest, and our my dad would have never found out where where we are ever. And exactly, I'm reading this later on, years later, actually, a year and a half ago is when someone said, Oh, well, maybe he was like a maybe he's a serial killer. I was like, No. I'm like, well, why don't you look him up? And I looked up like Russia's serial killers. And this guy popped up and he's number one serial killer in Russia, like, hello. So what I remember about Russia, wasn't that great? You know what I mean? Well, but I think what we're seeing is that God had bigger plans for you, yeah. right? So he sent his angels and he, he, he activated the Holy Spirit within you and said, no, no, this one's going to be mine. Amen. She's going to do work for me. She is protected and he can go away. So that's just awesome. I want to say this too, the grace and the provision and the protection of God. I did not lift a finger, did not lift a finger because actually what happened was when he started cursing, I, I begged him, no, we're okay. We're okay. Thank you. By the way, the reason why I say that part is because he hated women and he hates pride. So if I had any pride, he would have fought with me, but I humbled myself and I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's okay. And he, he stopped the car. 
And I thought, okay, this is it. Like, we're going to fight. We're, it's going to be fight to the death. My mom is not going to go in front of me. I am, I'm giving it all I got. I'm going to die first, but I'm not going to die. We're going to win. And he stops the car and, you know, thankfully he turned the car, he turned the car back on and drove away. I didn't have to lift a finger. The Lord totally protected me. And, um, you know, God is so good. Amen. As such a destiny that we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, Pastor Rodney made a pledge. He's doing a hundred million mm-hmm. souls to, before he goes to heaven because the devil took his daughter when she was young, right. um, at 18. And so, I mean, I've told the Lord, I want millions. Like I'm coming in with a army of people. Like we're not, I'm not coming. I'm not coming on my own. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'm coming with an army and, 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 uh, praise the Lord. That's why the devil has tried to take me out many times, but it's not going to work. It's going to happen when the Lord says it's going to happen. I will complete my mission in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) Well, guess what guys? JC just got in. We were, uh, JC had some work to do. So I'm going to scoot over here just a hair so that JC can come in. Let's see. There we go. JC's coming in. JC, do you know Anna? Hello, Anna. Hello, JC. <laughs> I don't think your mic is on, so we'll get you in there. Um, Anna is our special guest today, and I actually, uh, I didn't know you as the uh, Survivor show person. I never watched that. I didn't, I didn't know you even as a poker player, although I think that's really cool. But I did know you from Project Veritas. So what I wanted to know... Oh, Anna is from her. Um, she left Russia when she was four years old. And I've got Peruski. So you can say hello to her. Awesome. Yes. And also, you can speak Russian? Yes, of course. Oh, thank God. Прекрасно. Let's just do this whole show in Russian, guys. Like the Russian spy network. What do we tap into here? Ashley. <laughs> so Anna was just telling us this really crazy story about when she was in Russia with her mom at the age of 15 and was nearly kidnapped by the number one Russian serial killer at the time. And the Lord came in, wow. sent angels and the Holy Spirit to protect her. And she got away from the like, like number one serial killer in Russia. Who was that? Putin? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I should have said that. That's that's true. No, it wasn't Putin. Uh, his name is Mikhail Popkov. So Mikhail wow. Michael Popkov. You can Crazy. look it up. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, I, I'm dying to know yeah. all about the uh, Project Veritas thing. I mean, how did you get involved with that? Did they? Ha- did you approach them? Did they approach you? And what what was it like going undercover? in the the metro dc democratic socialists of america great question i actually want to answer someone's question a side note with with uh with the soviet union so when i moved here my parents have i've grown up with stories about the perils of marxism the perils of communism how evil and demonic that system is so i knew that growing up i was always very apolitical until i filmed survivor and i was playing poker traveling the world. And then the Lord cleansed me my addiction and uh, put politics in my spirit. And I started realizing I'm a conservative. And so around that time was when President Trump went down the escalator. And so I it was the only reality TV personality who endorsed him. And I got a lot of backlash, a lot of backlash, yeah. honestly, which was which was fun, you know, hearing all these things I've never heard about myself before, like all these facts about me that I never even knew, you know, like a lot of lies, a lot of slander. But anyway, praise the Lord, because that that really helped me build a bold 
spirit to, you know, keep pushing with the gospel as well, because truth is truth and the devil can't quench the truth. Amen. He'll try. But with Project Veritas, I mean, I just got saved. I am interested in politics. I want to serve the country. I don't necessarily want to strap a, you know, like a, a military garb on me and, and go fight, but I will fight in other ways. Right. So I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, I was invited to speak and share about my testimony and Christian and Marxism at um, the California Federation of Republican Women, these women who are powerhouses all over the state of California, these women get together, it's a federation. And every county they have, they're the ones who are boots on the ground. They're the ones calling and emailing people in California. This is who you vote for. This is a good guy. Like we vetted him and all the stuff. So they're great women. Anyway, so I was the lunch speaker and James O'Keefe was the nighttime banquet speaker. So we have mutual friends and uh, we went to, we all went to dinner and it was a bunch of dudes and, and, and me. And, um, and they're great guys. Like, seriously, there was some, some of those people that it was so funny. We were, they were, they were joking. They're like, some of these people on that table, if that table was like bombed, would have probably president Trump would have not been in there because right. the expose with James O'Keefe. And there's a few other guys I know um, who are very much in the background who were helping Trump and stuff and all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's a great, great Patriot. But anyway, so we're at that table and we talked and two days later he emailed me and said, Hey, do you want to be an undercover journalist? I said, absolutely. So I was trained and it's a cool, it's actually like a cool hybrid. It's like half, it's like a hybrid of a, undercover journalist and like a spy because we're not just, they're not like, they're, they're sophisticated really. Obviously you have the undercover cameras, but how you ask questions, how you, you know, make an alias, like how you go in undetected like targets and this and that. So there's really good training that I went through and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, I will say this. It was, it, I did feel like I served because it was in there for nine months. I worked six, sometimes seven days a week. I kid you not, traveling around the country. First of all, I want to say this as well. James O'Keefe is the second hardest working man in America. President Trump was number one. James O'Keefe is number two. Seven days a week, he breathes Project Veritas. He breathes the next story. He breathes, you know, tips and you do this. He'll call me at 1030 on a Sunday. Anna, you're never going to believe it. Like You have to go into AOC. You got to do this. And I'm just like, uh, James, I'm with my family. Can I have like a piece of quiet for two seconds? But it's all good because it was all about the cause. It was, you know, this was 2018 that I know 2017 when I went there and there was a lot to do. A lot of it was to uncover were they resisting President Trump and the government. So for me, I was excited when you asked about D.C. My mission uh, one of my missions was to infiltrate the Democratic Socialist of America, DSA. And they, as you guys probably know, are not just little cute little socialists. They are straight right. up commies. And they yeah. say it in the meetings like, hey, uh, hi, I'm Jennifer and I'm, I'm I'm a Leninist and I'm a Trotskyist and I'm a Stalinist and I'm a commie. And they, they're communists. So it was interesting having that background of being born in the Soviet Union, my family coming here for better opportunity, for freedom, for the Constitution, for you know freedom of speech and freedom to talk political affiliation and um, you know, just lo- love of this country, escaping communism that destroyed my country and my native country, Marxism and all that, and standing in front of a Marxist. Like, I, I want to break cover so bad and be like, are you on crack? Like, <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> like, seriously, I love when Pastor Rodney says, you must be smoking 
Hunter Biden's crack pipe. Yeah. Because, like, you, you guys. You, you know, an yeah. important point about that, Anna, too, not, they're not just communists, these groups, DSA and, and uh, similar groups, they're not just communists. They're revolutionaries. They're revolutionary Marxists. And I, I think that's a distinction that um, people still have not come to grips with. And and like you uh, intimated there, they're, they're not just uh, some sort of spontaneous rabble uh, that were suddenly irritated because, you know, some particular thing happened in the news cycle. This is well organized, well funded. They're well trained. Uh, you know, they have a playbook. They have a history of over 100 years in this country. And and I just um, many of them, I, you know, conservatives think in the realm of ideas. I just saw this today in a group that I'm in. Um, where some of these revolutionaries were out in the public and captured. I think Charlie Kirk had a video and, and somebody said, you know, let the battle of ideas begin. They're not interested in a battle of ideas. They are revolutionaries hell bent on overthrowing this country, period. JC teaches a class when we travel. And just so, you know, our audience knows we're going to be in Idaho uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday this week teaching and JC is going to be teaching on Saturday, his class uh, combating socialism. And so he is our in-house expert on all of these things. And the one thing that strikes me when you said, you know, hello, my name is Martha and I'm a Leninist just proves to me that Martha has actually never lived under communism. Right, right. <laughs> Martha has no idea who Lenin actually was and right. what it was like to live in Leninism. So yeah, these are the useful idiots. They're, yeah. they're, the, they're the street fanatics yeah. that, that well, higher ups use to leverage the chaos that they create. But I want to, I, I want to confirm exactly what JC just said. Oh my gosh. That's probably my mailman. Um, you can leave the box. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so you're exactly right because they're not just ideologues. They're actually spot on the revolutionaries. Like they're the revolutionists. So um, um, my goodness, well, they're gonna have to, oh, you know, wait, wait, wait. I, can you take me off screen for one second? I just realized the door's locked and it's actually sure. my, my sister. Hold on. <laughs> awesome. No, you know, I, it's great is somebody that, uh, has that connection um, through her family history, you know, coming, a lot of these people, we talked to some recently coming from Cuba and various former communist countries that the people get it. And, and I would, uh, I would assume Anna that your parents, uh, you know, passed this on because I've actually uh, met sort of uh, first and second generation where they come from communist countries, but if, but if their parents or grandparents, uh, you know, never talk to them about it, never taught them. They end up in public school and they end up fighting for the very thing that their parents and grandparents fled from. So uh, I would assume hats off to your your family for um, making sure you understood those things, even though you came here so young. And thank God, because, you know, my 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 mom experienced it when she was Growing up in Russia, she would go to her, she she would go to our grandmother's, well, my grandmother's house, her mother's house, actually, no, her grandmother's house, my great grandmother. And she would talk about, and she'd bring pictures of Lenin, you know, from school and be like, oh, look, Lenin. And my, my great grandmother said, take that picture out of this house right now. Mm -hmm. 
they were brainwashing kids in schools about Lenin and Stalin and how great they are. And that was when she realized, wait, something's wrong here. Um, it was frowned upon to say anything negative against Lenin and Stalin. You'd be found hung in the street. Oh, yeah. Found out about that. So there was a lot of fear, a lot of manipulation, a lot of propaganda, a lot of lies being taught in school. So she recognized, thankfully, yeah, yeah. that there is a... Um, there is a lot of disinformation taught in our public schools. Specifically, number one, we don't teach the Constitution and the right. love of country and patriotism. And on top of that, we're now making uh, you know philosophy classes of oh Marxism. Let's talk about this idea when they don't talk when they don't teach the perils and the dangers of communism. You know that's a big problem. So you're you're it's you're having this 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 petri dish of crap that's being taught in school and thankfully my mom taught me from an early age this actually is a really evil system so i always knew that but i was always very apolitical so it all kind of came together when i got into politics so i'm i'm cur curious um back to your infiltration of the dsa um I, you were attending meetings and and uh, i mean you you became a member like what what was that process I mean, did you, um, even, did you even have to fake it yeah, and have like did, conversations with them? And I love Lenin. I love yeah. Stalin. Did you have to pass a test? Like freaking yeah. Trump sucks, <laughs> man. When are we going to get that orange man out of that White House? We, we yeah. literally have those. I mean, I kid you not. When I got into PV, I'm thinking this is going to be interesting because I'm trained as a journalist. Okay, so I'm going to go do this. Okay, and then you're in these conversations and they're trashing Trump all day, and I'm like, uh, I have to figure this out quick, and you know mend to uh yeah. to fit in with everyone so it, that would that part was kind of hard to start that talking crap about my awesome yeah. president who's kicking channel your your inner hillary channel my inner <laughs> my inner my inner democrat liberal raging yeah. you know uh progressive but i want to say this as well you know there were mo most of them most of the marxists that i came in contact with honestly they're good people they're good people that want to do good. They like this idea. They were really sweet. They were, um, they, they just, they've never lived through it. They've never heard bad stories. They're philosophically on paper. It sounds wonderful. They mean well. They just don't understand that the ramifications of that system actually, it, it's, it would destroy the country and it never works. It never worked and it never will work. I'm, I'm glad you said that because you know, I, I mentioned that to people that a, a lot of the folks that you're dealing with what you know what uh what the phrase useful idiot they're useful idiots uh they're not necessarily your you know evil enemy they're victims of this as much as anybody just absolutely brainwashed and programmed exactly and some of them to be honest with you they're not idiots yeah some of them are extremely intellectual yeah yeah, yeah useful they're idiot really is not smart. an idiot that's another point to remember they're, they're just they're normal people they're normal people, highly educated. A lot of them, like I said, were really, really nice, like good people. I can see they had a good heart. They were just taught absolute bull, and yep. they're and they think it's going to work, and so they um, they don't understand. So the Lord changed my heart during that process because I was always thinking evil, evil. I hate them. I hate them. And the Lord was like, No, you're going to love on them. You're going to do your job. I'm going to show you they're, they they mean well. They just have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea. But there are, there were, and I saw, I saw the radicals. Number one, they had a completely different energy. I was a new Christian. And let me tell you, there was two people I did not want to be around. And I knew in my spirit, they were radical. You tell them, kill this guy right now for the name of the revolution. 
wouldn't think about it, would just do it, would just shoot. I felt wow. it, it was super demonic. Those kind of people, I mean, they're not there for the right reason. You know, they are mm -hmm. revolutionary to the core. So how, how it all came about was, was this, how did I infiltrate them? Well, we knew that we wanted to find people in the government. And normally I don't talk about the, the, the procedure of how we, what we work in Project Veritas, but sure. this was just released in public. I used Tinder. And I remember having to ask James, like, how does Tinder even work? Because I've never even used it, right? So I've never had, so in Tinder, I, I looked for people in the government. So I was in DC, put my location in DC. I um, was looking for people that were saying, I'm in the government, I'm working in the Department of State, I'm working in the IRS, because I just wanna go on a date with them, talk to them, uh, have a coffee. By the way, I've never kissed anyone. I mean, you know, I mean, like, think literally ever. I never would do that anyway. Um, but just having go go for coffee. People ask me that. I'm like, no. What are you crazy? No, I don't. Even, listen, three dates in, and well, we're still having coffee. I want to get to know you, you know. So, um, so, so I would see that. I would contact them. And so these people, one of the guys I saw was working in the Department of State. His name is Stuart Carafa. And uh, he checked out, I checked his LinkedIn. I checked other sources that we use. And by the way, LinkedIn is a not a good place to have all your information. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, I don't got a LinkedIn for a reason. And I don't post a lot of things on my social media for a reason. Now, um, protect your privacy, guys. Seriously, protect your privacy. So. I found him and then I saw he was in DSA. He was a member of DSA because he he wrote it like down there. And so I, I went on DSA in DC and saw that they were having a public meeting for new people, for new. So I went to it, it was at a bar. I walked in, he happened to have, you know, had a beer, which is makes life a little easier when you're in the information uh, job where you want them to talk the entire time. So right. beer, it relaxes him. So it was perfect. I literally saw him. I sat with him, started talking. Hey, who are you? What do you do? And he just, bleh, you know, I'm <laughs> Sukhrafa, Department of State, this and that. And so I obviously would let let him introduce himself because it's always great to have an introduction of the person on camera for for the video, for the undercover video. Like, hey, right, I'm right. I have a Department of State and I hate Trump and I resist him and this and that. So I would ask him questions like, wow. hey, you know, what do you do? Are you guys able to, you're, by the way, you're a hero. You know, you're a hero. You're fighting against Trump. You know, what are you doing? And tell me what you, what you guys are doing. How are you resisting Trump? Like, what are you guys doing? Are you leaking anything? You know, and ask those questions later on, like little by little by little by little. And he just poured everything out. And sure enough, he was resisting President Trump. He was calling him an effing this and effing that. He would use his work time that we're paying him on tax dollars to get communist literature together. I mean, this guy is not a radical. He's a revolution. Well, he's he's a radical. He was a radical. He is a radical, but he's he was not as psycho as the other people that I met. But, um, you know, we caught him caught him and stuff and he was fired let's just say that but that was super interesting because then he invited me to to the meetings that they had so i met them in this bar i went to their meeting and this meeting was about 10 15 people usually every time and it was the most craziest thing right and i gotta tell you some stories this is so funny so first of all i'm sitting there in the meeting they all start getting up and taking turns introducing themselves I'm like, oh snap. So this one lady walks like like an AA meeting or something, right? It's an AA meeting, but for communists. It's a communist, <laughs> communist. It's a communist AA meeting. And by the way, just so you know, how did I get dressed for, for, for my communist meetings? 
Um, I really didn't even get dressed. It was the easiest job I ever had to do. I didn't brush my hair. I kid you not. I did not brush my teeth. to shave or anything. I did not wear deodorant. I was like, I got to fit in because, you know, I'm girly, you know, so I'm like, okay, take off my fake nails, take off my makeup and hair, you know, ruggedy, ratty, whatever. And a big t-shirt. I had my little linen. You know, I really try to go in there, you know, so um, so I'm sitting in this meeting and they take turns. Woman stands up and she's like, Sarah, her, she, her, Sarah. And then she would sit. And then the other guy, they would take turns. And I, Trish, I give you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Anna, don't say he, she. Do not, because I always say he, you know, he, she. Don't say he, she. Don't say he, she. Jennifer. So my alias was Jennifer. I'm like, Jennifer, she, her, Jennifer, she, her, Jennifer, she, her, Jennifer. Like, I'm, I don't want to blow my cover. You know what I mean? Right. right. So it gets to me and I get up and I'm like, she heard Jennifer. And I sit down, I'm like, Bleh! so I don't mess it up. And, and anyway, so it was just the craziest, like weirdest. And then they would snap their fingers. I was like ready to clap. And they were like uh, clapping my, you know, snapping my fingers. I, I'll never forget this one, one quick story during this. Movie. Yeah, because clapping your fingers is uh, clapping your hands is offensive. It triggers them for some reason. Uh, they had all, no, they, they, I don't know if you, Back in that time, there was a meeting that came out where they were uh, somebody was having a breakout session on the proper way to applaud people so that you weren't uh, uh, polluting the silence of the room. It was just crazy, just nut stuff, just nut stuff. Because they couldn't center. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 like you said, the most triggered group of people. Now, Going to these meetings, they had different topics for the meeting. One of the topics I will never forget. One of the topics that communists push is, well, we don't trust our cops, right? And the people that are committing crimes, don't judge them. Don't call the cops on them because they grew up in a system and it's all the oppression. And that's why right. they're raping people and killing people. Don't put them in jail. You should let these criminals free. If you stop oppressing them, they'll stop the, the crimes, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. So I'm sitting there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're teaching. This is the funniest thing. They're teaching of, of when you're in a situation, don't call 911. Don't rely on the cops. Don't bother them. Don't get them involved. Just let it go. This one girl raises her hand. And she says, um, I have a question. And, he, and she was clearly new. And they're like, yeah, what is it? She's like, well, I just had a situation and she starts crying. She's like, I just had a situation. I was on the train and I'm sitting there by myself and this man walks in and he pulls out a zipper and he takes it out and he just, ah, I was mortified. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have to apologize now. Like I call, I ran out of there. I called the cops and, 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 and she was just crying and she was like, I was terrified. She goes, what should I have done? What should I have done in a situation? And I'm sitting there ready to hear this response. Like, what? Yeah, what should she do? She should just let this guy, like, sexually assault her and harass her, you know? And and the, what was their response? Was exactly what you think it was. Someone said, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to blend in. You just have to be a retard. That's right. They gave a retarded answer back. They said, yeah, well, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But, you know, he's oppressed by the system. So, 
yeah, it's better that you don't call the cops next, next time. Just, you know, just, just keep walking and just do your thing. Oh, you get raped? Just keep moving. Oh, you they're trying to kill you? Eh, don't report it to the cops. Just keep moving. Like, what kind of... So, I'm just thinking about what would happen if somebody stood up like that at one of our, our Constitution education classes. It'd be like, shoot him in the face. <laughs> it would be like, just let him go. Don't let him go. No, shoot him in the face. Get up, buddy. <laughs> No warning shot. Just all the knives come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 Niall is right. He said, "Sounds pretty spiritual." It's exactly. It's what it is. It's like it's like the spirit. It's this deception over their eyes. It's like they don't see. They don't comprehend. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that was when I realized something. I realized that all of you know the, my Twitter posts and everything, like talking at them, never works. It's. It, I realized then it's not just you know here. It's, it's in here. It's in the spirit also. The only way to wake them up, really, the only way to wake them up besides like information or videos or documentaries on Marxism, it's for the Lord. It's for the Holy Spirit. Like there's it's just such a work that God needs to do in them. Their hearts need to change. Once their hearts change, it's like all the deception comes off because that's what happened to me. And so I had great grace on them, great mercy for them. Like I felt bad for them. I said, wow, how can you be this deceived to the point where you're in this, you're, you're like in the crazy section here of like, well, if someone wants to rape me or someone wants to kill me or killed my sister, I don't record it to the cops. Like, are you, what planet, you know, and, and it's, it's a lot of deception. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of that. Even well, I don't in report the, it to the cops. Either, yeah, would, I'm not going to just keep moving. Yeah, we, we, we don't report where we hide bodies. It's funny, bodies. Yeah, it's funny how you classified that as spiritual because there's that same kind of deception even in the church. There's a a, a Christian pastor who said that if, hmm. uh, if, if a violent man broke into his house and was assaulting his wife on the kitchen table, the only thing he would be able to do as a Christian is to pray for her. And to pray for him. So apparently he's also a social justice pastor. So some of the same influences have affected his mind and spirit, you know, so uh, th th that that philosophy, the, the critical theory, then critical race theory, uh, you know, which obviously ties back to the Frankfurt School and is rooted in Marxist Hegelian um, yeah. ideology. I mean, it, it is it, it is evil. I mean, let's let's be frank. I've said this many times. Um, you know, when we talk about Marxism, communism, socialism, you know, those are those are natural terms. What we're really talking about is the rise of the Antichrist system. So mm -hmm. there's no question yes. uh, this is this is spiritual. And so it, it's interesting. You see the same uh, the same uh, characteristics uh, as people intersect with this ideology and, and, and influence. Um, so mm -hmm. it's no, no surprising. I want to go back to something you you had pointed out. Because I mentioned, uh, I allude to this in the presentation a little bit. Um, we talk about the revolutionary anarchist movement, the revolutionary Marxist uh, movement, and you know I'm kind, I kind of have this sort of tiered. There are three tiers in general of the of the socialist operation, and this sort of street level fanatics uh, are the revolutionaries. But interestingly. Now, as you look out on the scene, many of those have essentially come off the street, put on a suit and tie and infiltrated um, positions of influence and positions of respect. Mm -hmm. So 
we would, I think, under normal circumstances and not understanding what is going on, uh, we would be shocked that somebody like that guy you initially connected with would be in that position. But this has been part of their strategy. And, and I think, once again, this is something I try to bring to people's understanding. Uh, they have over, it's more than a century, but uh, you can go back to some similarities in this country and things that happened to at least 100 years. But they have centuries of this movement. They have a very long view. They have a very uh, long-standing operation going on. So they have begun their infiltration uh, of government, educational institutions, you know, various places, journalism. I look around uh, what was last two weeks ago, and I was looking at you know, controversy pops up here and there. And some of these people say stupid stuff on Twitter and it's all of a sudden it's a, it's a trend. But I noticed several of these revolutionaries are um, big time journal and really high journalistic positions. Um, the one lady has a uh, master's degree, I think from uh, New York university and is on uh, what used to be the PBS news hour. She was, that and then there's I mean there's several others. Uh, one, in fact, is an attorney. Was uh, worked in the JAG, um, I think, in the army, and uh, she was making commentary on the the uh, Chauvin trial and clearly had no clue how due process worked, despite the fact she was a military. Imagine lawyer. that a lawyer uh, but, who doesn't well military law doesn't really do the same kind of due process. No, but we the do, point, so but, not to give her a, a pass or anything. But, but the but. thing about it is that, that this is revealing because she's not there <clears throat> for the law. That that's not the point, right? So she has no interest in learning the law or understanding in this. They start from the premise of rejecting our uh, capital, free market capitalist uh, constitutional framework. And so she's not going to spend any time in that. This is just purely a revolutionary. Uh, and her sole purpose of occupying that position is to essentially put on a disguise You're so right. that she can infiltrate and have influence. So there are a lot of these folks now uh, mm -hmm. in these positions. So if, if we use the term revolutionary, uh, out, what we see kind of contradicts that and they do that on purpose. They don't want you, they don't want that to be able to stick, but I don't care if they're in a three piece suit and uh, a Dean of a major university, they're still a revel, they're street level fanatic revolutionary. Yes. And they're also highly, highly organized. Yes. Extremely organized. If and you had two, if you had two centuries of laying out your map and, and, building your organization, uh, you would be highly organized. And that's what they are. Amen. And, and I do believe, and there's some people I've spoken to that um, they believe as well, and they have some evidence that Antifa is very much funded and ideologically also um, given orders and plans from communists in Russia. Like it's it's Correct. really still the hub. And and the Chinese Communist hub. Party. The Chinese Communist Party is, is, uh, is very involved. The three yeah. founders of Black Lives Matter were lifelong members of the uh, Chinese Progressive Coalition out of San Francisco, which is a front group for the Chinese Communist Party. And they have many uh, various uh, offshoots and uh, groups like Left Roots, Liberation Road. I mean, on and on it goes. People, I, I, I hear this all the time where people dismiss these folks like 
like it was just, oh, these folks just came out of that neighborhood because they were mad that this guy got shot by a police officer and all of a sudden, you know, they hit the streets. And it's just not the case. Yes. I don't know what it is with the disconnect as people watch these things, but every video you watch, okay, it's supposed to be Black Lives Matter, some black guy just got shot, and it's this spontaneous protest in the neighborhood. Look at the video, look at the crowd. It's a bunch of skinny little white kids in black masks and hoods with black umbrellas. Who uh, just want to commit crimes. And, and who are not from that neighborhood. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? It's China. So it's communist China, communist Russia, because it very much is still communist. And it's Iran, Absolutely. the three of them together. Um, and they all have the same goal, which is to have worldwide communism. And and they, what we see with the New World Order, the NWO, who has very similar expectations. You have a Luciferian system who knows exactly what they want to do. And you have the commies that have their plan, which is falls into a Luciferian system also. It's a demonic system. And so they're working together. And, um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing the ramifications here with obviously we've been infiltrated and you're absolutely right. We don't I'm not worried about foreign interference or, or actually, you know, with the election, but um, there was. But with, um, you know, with 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 uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? So many things I want to say. Well, um, it's not foreign interference in the sense of foreigners coming over the border, right? Exactly. I think that's what you're saying. They're already here. They've been yes. here. They've and in, and these people are controlled by foreign powers. They don't have to come here, you know, fly planes, drive tanks, land boats on our shores. They are here. These groups are their tentacles. You know, as a, a recovering socialist before I became a conservative, and while I was in college, I was a hardcore socialist. And I would be like, yeah, I'd be sympathetic with these people if I had to go back in because I actually was that. And I can tell you as, as a young person being drawn into that, it was the lure of, of, of a utopian kind of society. The belief that we're all good on the inside and all we need is the right kind of environment so we can all be good together. And the only reason people are bad is because they weren't given a shot at life or they didn't have the opportunity to be good. Right. So instead of understanding that we're all part of a depraved fallen nature, you have this this belief that no, 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 the good is a way we are born and we don't get people who are bad just simply are bad because they didn't get a chance to be good instead of, you know, the other way around. They have plenty of chances to be good. You choose to be bad. And so I can see as a young person how people would be drawn into that. And then older people get in because of the power. Right. I mean, some of them might be the utopian kind of thing, but I think the utopian ideology really resonates with the 20 somethings and, you know, the teen yeah. age group. And, and it's in the Bible, you know, revelation talks about it in the end days, good will be called evil and evil will be called mm -hmm. good. They don't realize they're being taught demonic doctrine, evil doctrine to take mm -hmm. over and dismantle this country. You know, they're trying to destroy the economy because then our military isn't funded. And then we're open to a foreign invasion. Like it's all, it's, it's all meant to completely destroy this country. And so they're, 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 you know, good, good people who have a good heart, who believe this evil 
which again, evil is being painted as good. So they're thinking they're doing a good thing for the country. They're thinking yeah, they're liberating exactly people. Right. They're thinking, well, mm -hmm. you know, pro-abortion, it's great. Women have free rights and right. this and that. And it's all painted under good, but it's actually evil doctrine that they're yep. swallowing. And again, they just, they just don't know. That's why a lot of the time it's a spiritual veil over their face and they don't see it because it's so spiritual, so spiritual. Now I know you're Anna's in New York, by the way. So you hear all that honking out there. Our, our New York uh, friends would tell you that's because the mayor of New York doesn't govern over the honking the way that it was. So I, I, yeah, I understand. Obviously, when you were uh, when you were infiltrating the movement, you know, you you had a mission there. Um, so you probably didn't have time to try to you know influence uh, anybody. Uh, in in that context, um, I wanted to. Did did you have any? Uh, I mean, obviously, once it came out, you know, surely they recognize, hey, that's that girl. We thought she was one of us, and that sort of thing. Uh, did you have any contact from uh, anyone at that time? I mean, positive or negative or otherwise? Yeah, no one ever reached out to me to say, hmm. hey, you little meh. Yeah. They didn't say anything to me. But to to your point, to your to your comment about. Man, wouldn't you want to talk to them and change them? I I wanted to have a conversation with yeah. a few people there. And I just wanted to say, listen, really, like you're a good person. How can you believe this? This is not true. Let me tell you about what my family has lived through with communists. Let me tell you about the bread lines that my mom stood in for eight hours a day, once a week to get her ration of food and ration of rice. And many times in the cold of winter would get to the end of the line. The one that Bernie Sanders says is awesome. This is great lines. Really? My mom stood there for eight hours in the dead of winter. And at the end of the many times at the end of the line, there was no food left. You know, my sister remembers picking rotten fruit from the garbage can. I mean, there's nothing. It was just, it was nothing. It was completely destroyed. It destroyed my country. Like how about hearing those real life first hand testimonies? Obviously I'm a second hand because my family told me this. My, my, my mom, I heard it firsthand. My grandmother, my great grandmother, I've heard all these stories growing up. And I really wanted to tell them and like smack them across the head and say, stop listening to this bull. Like this is complete bull. But I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I told yeah. this to my to my manager, it was over me. I was like, I, I really want to. They're like, you're gonna blow your cover, you can't. So you were on mission. I was on a mission and country comes first. And, sure. and hopefully eventually they'll wake up and keep them in prayer. I prayed for a lot of them. I, I actually even prayed when I got home because I was a new Christian. I was like, Lord. I'm lying as a job. Like I'm lying. I, I, my name is Jennifer. Lord, I repent. I mean, I'm not kidding. Not. I was like repenting. I'm like, Lord, I'm lying. But it, I was. It was an alias. You know, Tim Ballard that goes that rescues these kids from child trafficking. He also has an alias. You know, sometimes you got to do. We got to do in the Bible. The Lord sent out spies into Cana. You know, Joshua right. and Caleb sent out spies. So, you know, Russian spy for the American people. But you know, <laughs> it's funny. But um. Yeah. It, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, and it, it's, it sucks. You just pray for them to get saved one day and realize. So if there were, you know, a couple of things or any insights that you would draw from that uh, regarding what do you think would be the best way to reach individuals like that, to influence them, you know, mm. toward the light? What, did, did anything stick with you? Um, Great any insights that you got? Yes, really great question. So this is something that, so I worked and in, in infiltrated DSA, right? Democratic Socialist of America. My friend who worked with me, I don't, I no longer work at Project Veritas, it was in 2017. He mm -hmm. infiltrated Antifa and he's a Christian. And what he told me really opened my eyes even more. 
he told me that the majority of the kids that he spoke to when he kids like young guys skinny soy latte drinking <laughs> skinny jeans like you were saying um they a lot of them a lot of them did not have a father growing up almost all of them hmm. and when he shared that with me i was like wow it, it like it broke his heart being with them they don't have a family. They weren't. They weren't disciplined. They, they're they're looking for a family. Here's a little cult right. family who hate this country, and like they don't realize that it's hatred and all this. They just they just think it's right and it's going to help free the country. And it's it's unfortunate because a lot of them, man, you if you if you can approach them, they're not going to listen to politics. This is why I realized you got to go through the heart. Yeah. You got to go to the root, and the root is a lot of devastation that they lived through, abuse some of them. A lot of them were abused. You know, that's why a lot of these Antifa people have green hair, you know, knocked out teeth. They, they've, they've been through so much growing up. They got into wrong circles. They wanted to rebel from everything, especially authority because they never had any. And man, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's really sad when you really find that out. So the way to get to them is through the heart. So I, I, if I was, if I, knew who they were and, and I was sitting at a bar, I would come up to them or bar or whatever. I don't go to bars, but if they were, you know, eating somewhere, I would, if I, hopefully, you know, it, let's say I had a conversation with him. I, I would try to get to the root. Like, Oh, well tell me about yeah. your childhood. Well, tell me about this. I would lead them to Jesus. And then Jesus, the Holy spirit would do the rest of it because it's just this, it's this wall between them because they were so, they've been through so much. So keep yeah, we, them in prayer, really keep them. We, in prayer. we always, we tell our, you know, tell our students what we we talk about this all the time, that that conversion happens in relationship. You know, if you want to influence somebody, you want to change somebody's mind. Um, you know, the best way to do it is connect with that person. I we we mentioned um, often some of the studies and polls um, not too long ago that says 84 uh, percent of the people still get their news uh, first person from person to person. So that just demonstrates to me, first off, the illusion of uh, the, the media dominance, the, the, the false Goliath of the media. Uh, and it shows that we have that opportunity that you can actually connect with people because people are still about connection. And that's the best way to do it. Only in relationship are you going to be able to listen. Uh, and like you said, get to that root. You can't get to the root of whatever the individual's problem is without listening to them. Yes. And we have a habit through the mediums that we use of always speaking, you know, speaking mm -hmm. at people, speaking to people and, and not really doing a lot of listening to be able to understand where that person is coming from. That's a, I mean, it's a huge insight yeah. what you said about the lack of family, that family foundation. You know, I saw the same thing when I was a prosecutor here in Florida and I worked in the juvenile justice system, you know, all these kids in our juvenile justice system, I wanted to take every one of them home and put their parents in prison because it was the parents who had created these environments for these kids. And then, you know, most, like you said, most of the children don't have a, a male family member. And we found where well, I found where we were, the majority of them didn't even have mothers. So they were all being raised by grom, grandma or auntie or somebody who didn't have that maternal connection with them. And so they're not just simply missing pair a, a father, they're missing a uh, you know, parents together being raised by someone who, who they have to feel like they're an outsider, they're an addition and, you know, to the family and not really part of the family. And, 
And so there's a lot of a lot of it's, things to to take in. And, and it's, it's fascinating to think yeah. about. And I think Lisa hit the nail on the head right there. Gang mentality, belonging. When you think of um, <clears throat> I, I would and this just anecdotal, but I would suggest just kind of going on what we all know. Uh, you look to probably a majority <laughs> of the people with a with a strong family foundation are probably more often than not going to be conservative. Whereas when they don't have that, you see this collectivist, uh, this collectivist appeal. And it probably is that that draw of the tribe mm -hmm. of wanting a tribe, mm -hmm. wanting to belong, wanting to have that connection that they never had. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I don't mean to giggle. <laughs> That's so funny. You wrote that Anna Kate, AKA <laughs> Jennifer Williams. That was my alias cover. Um, right. That was my alias cover, Jennifer Williams. Good luck finding Jennifer Williams on Facebook. There's millions of them. So I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, whoa, your Facebook. Yeah, find my Facebook, Jennifer Williams. Like there's a ton of them. You want to have a name that everyone uses. Yeah. Is that what went into picking that alias? Was that I mean, obviously sometimes I try not to use Williams because it's too obvious. But yeah. when you're dealing with uh, people who are little keyboard warriors, uh -huh. A lot of them are, you know, just like you got to give a name where it, there's there's tons of people when they when they try common. to find them. Super yeah. common. Jennifer is a, Jennifer's a common name. Williams is a common name. So kind of had to use the most common. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's you're a spot on with what you were saying. I mean, and, and, and what and what and, uh, and what Chris Ann said. About are we running up against the clock? You are running up against the clock. I wanted to ask this. Um, one last question, and then we're gonna have to hop off the air. Because I know you you're rocking out so much. What are you what are you doing now? What all are you doing now? What's your direction? Mm -hmm. Like what what's happening? Great question. Well, the Lord transitioned me from fully focused on politics. He transitioned me into full-time ministry and it's basically started now. Um, and uh, so I do a lot of Bible studies. I do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of, um, you know, gatherings, I, live shows where we'll, we'll pray. I'll invite people in and we'll pray over them and, you know, God will speak. People get healed on the program. Like it's just, it's really becoming full-time ministry. I still do. I'll tell you this on a side note. I still do undercover stuff here and there. There's a smaller company I'm involved with and they send me out. Um, there might've been something that just came out in West Virginia about some teachers unions. I'm just saying, but, uh, so, <laughs> so I still do things here and there to, to still, cause I still want to, I want to use the skills and things that I've learned to be able to continue helping the country. And so it's like super frustrating when I tell you, like, you know, I'm speaking at pastor Rodney's church, which I'm so excited for the reopen America. And someone called him and said, you know, I wouldn't have Anna speak on stage because she's a Russian spy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry but have you like what first of all what are you talking about like i if i wasn't funny i would be so deeply offended like yeah. I, I i try to use my platform and i've used my platform to teach about the russians you know the soviet system that the demolished my that my country my family a lot of my family died um, under communism, starved to death in Ukraine, 10 million starved in one year because of Stalin, you know, cut the cut the food supply, uh, took out the crops and the livestock and everything. So it's like super deeply offensive. And and like I serve my country. I, 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 I spy for the American people and, in, in, you know, to, with the bad guys. So um, but, I, you know, he thinks I'm in politics to, to get to Trump, which is not I've never even met him. But the point is, is that. Man, I'm just excited to serve my country. And this is what I was going to say, like to that guy that said it, if he's watching, like, have you ever served your country? Like I turn off my social media for a year when you're working on Project Veritas and, and you're you're going into where they were sending me. 
I had to turn off my social media for nine months, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I deleted my Instagram. I had like 30,000. I deleted it because I wanted to serve. I wanted to help this country. So this is what I want to say. It's the point of this. Get involved. Get involved. You can watching right now. You don't have to be in Project Veritas to do something. Mm -hmm. What you do is you go on DSA.com. You find your local chapter. You go infiltrate it. You want to save people. You want to talk, talk, lead them to Jesus. You can, you can get information. I have a friend who is an expert in communism. He's been infiltrating communist groups for over 40 years. He would take all the literature that they had every single week. The plans, what they're going to do with Islam, the plans that they were going to do with, um, you know, infiltrating KKK and, and, and they had they both sides they infiltrated. Let me tell you, I mean, all all of this were communist plans or Marxist plans. Mm -hmm. You can go in there. And so he would get all the literature and he would give it to Rudy Giuliani. He lives in New York. He would give it to Rudy Giuliani every single week. He would stop by his office. This is what the communists are planning. This is what they're doing. Anyway, my friend Jimmy from Brooklyn, he, he did it for 40 years. Never, never did, never got paid, did it on his own, volunteered his own time to help save the country. Like these are people who can, you can get involved. I'm no longer a member of DSA. No, obviously I'm outed, but, but <laughs> yeah, I we, now, unless I really change my look, but not that they know who I am, but you know, I, I saw that stuff about your Russian spy and all that in the articles back then. I, I laughed at it, but, but it's, we, it's we learned long ago, common. you got to ignore the yeah, trolls. They, I'm, Masad, I'm also, oh, by the way, I'm half Jewish, half Russian. So I'm actually yeah. a really cool combo. I'm a half Mossad, half Russian spy. Yeah, we get that stuff. I mean, you can see stuff right now in the chat room where, you know, are you a member of the bar? We get that stuff. So you spend an entire show exposing Mm -hmm. uh, the socialist communist infiltration. And then yeah. that's the, that's the question at the end. Yeah. Are, are you a member, member of bar? the bar? Well, you know, the Southern poverty <laughs> law center has had me on their list of anti-government extremist hate groups for seven years now. And so uh, they've run articles on me about how I'm a white supremacist, about how I'm an anti-government hate extremist. And, and our question is always, Chrisanne teaches the Constitution of the United States that created government. So how can I be anti-government? And, you know, my family is, is multiracial. How could I be a white supremacist? I mean, it's just absolutely nuts. It's yeah, but absolutely it was just offensive because obviously someone knows Pastor Rodney called him. And Pastor Rodney was like, are you smoking? Hunter Biden's crap. She's no freaking spy. Yeah, idiot. he knows how to do it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, he's. Well, used we to sure that. appreciate you being here, and uh, hope we can do it again and see you. See you when I'll you're come in, back anytime. Here in Tampa. And JC, awesome. it's nice to meet you. Yeah, sometime maybe we can have her in a studio. We can you can be in yeah. here with us. All this works. Really I'm moving well. to. I'm moving to Florida, so I'll see yeah. you sooner than nice. later. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, God, God bless. bless you, Anna. Thank you so much. God bless you guys for joining us today. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow.